Hey guys, thank you for joining Next View Podcast. We love to see you each week at one o'clock. Um, we have a couple of our sponsors in the studio, so I will introduce them in just a few minutes. But we do, we appreciate the Oliver Whalen team from Nova Home Loans helping us bring you the podcast every single week. So we get to talk to the guys this week and talk to them about loans, home ownership. Um, and how you can purchase a home, purchase a second home, or do whatever it is you're trying to do with refinancing. Um, so we'll get into that during the show. We also want to say thank you to Yvonne Hunter from Platinum Home Warranty. If you guys are looking for a home warranty, maybe you have one that's expiring. Maybe you purchased your home last year. Make sure you reach out to Yvonne. And we always love Security Title, who helps us with all of our escrows. Jeremy Eaton, if you have any needs, reach out to him. Our preferred escrow officer is Elva Palmer. So we don't want to keep you guys waiting too much. I know you guys have been curious about, you know, purchasing a home, what to do with equity that you have in your home if you don't want to move. So that's why we brought Ryan and Justin in the studio to talk to us about that. How are you guys doing today? We're great. Thank you, Tio. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks for being you. on. Absolutely. And before we start, we want to give a shout out to Carmen Nystrom. She's on our team. She was supposed yeah. to be here today, but she was in a little bit of a car accident yesterday and is laying in bed. So Carmen, Carmen we love you. Carmen, I hope you guys are doing well and the kids are safe. I saw the pictures. Yeah, yeah. bad. Goodness. Pretty bad, but it, and even the, nice big SUV saved them. Right. So yeah, and save that. Save. What did you tell her to do right before? <laughs> share the thing. <laughs> share the podcast. Share, share the podcast. <laughs> We'll we'll still have her working. I know. <laughs> she's she, in, she's that's how tough she is. She's in bed She's like, I just want to do she's, stuff. She's yeah. yeah. So. See, and that's how she is with clients too, just so you guys know. Yes, she's we, phenomenal. Um, I'll, so since we brought Carmen up, so one of uh, Mallory from the team, she sent Carmen a buyer, um, a buyer to pre-qualify. And it, I think it was like 11 o'clock at night. She did not expect a response, but Carmen responded to her in like two minutes. So... <laughs> You guys, good. from what she says, she doesn't sleep, but she tells us like four or five hours a night. She's, so she's we'll dreaming see. of her next remodel project. <laughs> yes, <laughs> she is very good at that stuff. Yeah. No question. So so we wanted to have you guys on. You were on as guests before. Yes. So we got to know you a little bit there. Um, anything new happening in the world of mortgages right now that... You know, one one thing that's probably in the last 90 to 120 days that's changed is interest rates have actually inversed, mm-hmm. and they've came back down. Mm-hmm. And so they're about the lowest they've been in the last 12 months. So yeah. we have seen an improvement in interest rates, um, which is definitely – are we supposed to start dancing? Sorry. No. Um, <laughs> um, which is definitely, you know – It's like the Howard Stern show calmed, when you say something, yeah. push the button. <laughs> you know, it, it's calmed people's nerves. It's, it's made them feel a little bit more relaxed. Yeah. Um, we've seen some reversal in – Every day, interest rates were climbing for the last half of 2018. So that's that's a nice reprieve. I but know. we don't really expect them to stay potentially go up a lot this year. Now that the Federal Reserve has come out and basically said they're going to be super patient and really look at the data, and there's not much inflation. So generally, they'll move mortgage rates more than them actually moving short-term interest rates. A lot mm-hmm. of times, there's that fallacy that if the Federal Reserve is raising rates, mortgage rates go up too. But a lot of times, like he said, it's inverse. Mm -hmm. It's what the market expects six months from now, 12 months from now. And uh, since November, I think 12th, mid-November, they've had a nice rally. Um, They've come down a nice amount. Good. We did our our monthly newsletter that we send out, and that was the one thing we were telling people about. If you were on the fence because rates went a little bit too high for your comfort and you were waiting for them to go down – now is the time to get back into it because it has happened. Yeah, so. 
It is. And it, it's, a, it's a good time. They, they're not, I would say, artificially low because the Federal Reserve's not uh, that involved in um, the monetary policy and buying mortgage-backed securities like they were in 2008 and mm-hmm. Um But they're, they're low in the history of interest rates. Yeah. Um, so they will go up at some point. And if you were on the fence waiting for them to come back down, this is a great time. Yeah. Awesome. So I wanted to talk a little bit about the different programs that are available to different buyers. So you have first-time home buyers. You'll have people who are looking to purchase a second home, maybe either a vacation property or an investment property. Can we talk a little bit about um, the different type of loan programs that are available? Maybe yeah. start with first-time buyers. Yeah, so so first-time home buyer is actually defined as someone that hasn't owned a property in the last three years. So you could have owned a property five years ago, mm-hmm. and now in the, if you haven't owned one in the last three years – you're technically defined as a first-time home buyer. Okay. Um, the, the the major advantage there is that on a conventional side, you can do a three percent down transaction um, versus normally it, it would be five percent down. Okay. So that's one advantage. Um, and then as far as down payment assistance, most of those down payment assistance programs are open to both first-time home buyers as well as repeat customers. Okay. It just depends upon the credit profile. Mm-hmm. Um, but that's the main that's the main differentiation. It's uh, first-time home buyers less than three years they have an owner property. So yeah, the, the down, I'm sorry to chime in. The down payment assistant programs. A lot of people think they're only for first time home buyers, mm-hmm. um, and that's that's just false. Um, but we've found a lot of people that call us looking for the first time home buyer program, the down payment assistance yeah. program. After they see the structure of it and the numbers, mm-hmm. they can find a way to either come up with a small down payment, 3%, 3.5% um, from a gift from a family or maybe taking a loan from a 401k or something okay. because these interest rates on those down payment assistance are higher. Um, How much higher? Generally, I would say 1%. I mean, yeah, it depends yeah. what program, FHA versus conventional, um, but it, it, at least a half to 1% to 1%. So okay. you'll, depending on how long the person is going to keep the house, they're going to potentially pay more for it. And what's also important is, you know, right now we're in tax season. So in the next 60 days, there's going to be a lot of individuals, families, and otherwise, they're going to get tax refunds. And oftentimes, Mm -hmm. that could be the difference between having the ability to put that money down for their purchase of their home and or pay off some debt that may be lingering to, to then help them qualify for a down payment assistance program. So we see a lot of people in the next 60 to 90 days that if we can utilize their tax refunds correctly mm-hmm. and effectively, we can help put them into a home. Okay. And they are a little harder to qualify for. They have some restrictions that um, are added on top of normal FHA and conventional rules sometimes, so it's a little bit harder. Okay. But they're, they're great uh, vehicles for some people. If the, the, the person doesn't have any money for a down payment at all and no access okay. to it, and they make uh, decent money, can afford the slightly higher payment, they work great for us. We let do me them give, all the time. Let me give you a great example. Perfect. So I've had I had a customer that for two years has been on the fence. Okay. Two years. And we worked with her on credit because we have a credit service department. And mm-hmm. for two years, she was on the fence. And so over the course of two years in the neighborhood that she lived in, because her, her children went to school there, we've watched the average price point go to 220 to over 320 mm-hmm. So although she was hesitant about doing a down payment assistance program at the initial, she wanted to save her own money, mm-hmm. which is respectful and fine, you know, but she just didn't follow the guidance. And now, unfortunately, she just can't afford to buy in the neighborhood Mm -hmm. that her children go to school. So now she's forced with a situation where she either A, continues to rent in that neighborhood, Mm -hmm. or B, her children potentially are uprooted 
and have to go to a different school. Yeah. And so I think that, you know, oftentimes people get concerned about interest rates, and they are important. Right. But what's really more important is where do you go to church, where do you go to school, what's your lifestyle, what's your community like. Mm-hmm. And so oftentimes I think that's overlooked as to the emotional side of purchasing a home and, the, you know, being stable yep. for your family. And being able to make that happen sooner versus later because the prices will increase and knock you out of the market altogether. It's, it's a different conversation that we have with someone that owned a house in 1982 mm-hmm. than a millennial or first-time home buyers because yeah. they're thinking, hey, I thought rates were in the threes, and we'd say, yeah. hey, they're in the mid-fours. Oh, well, that's high. Yeah. But if you have someone that owned a house in October 1982 where the rate was 18.2%, um, <laughs> we say in the mid-fours, and they're like, wow, that's great. Yeah. So totally different. <laughs> yeah. So I have a question. So in regards to... Um, a first-time home buyer, what would be the difference for them using, using an FHA loan, 3.5%, versus using a conventional 3%? So a lot of it actually has to depend upon their FICO score. Okay. Because um, Fannie Mae loans and Freddie Mac loans are very dependent, or their FICO score really matters. So every tranche of 680 to 700, 700, 720, et cetera, et cetera, mm-hmm. is going to have a dramatic difference in the mortgage insurance as well as the interest rate. Okay. versus FHA doesn't really have that big of a delta in the change in interest rate. And the mortgage insurance is the same whether you have an 800 or you have a 600. Okay. So it really depends upon the current FICO score position and the debt to income. Okay. Um, so that's probably the most important thing. The advantage of conventional over potentially FHA is that conventional loans, you can drop the mortgage insurance in the future, mm-hmm. whereas FHA loan, you can never right. drop the loan. And that just changed, what, two, three years ago? Uh, almost three years now. Three, yeah. okay. So. And, so, And on top of that, FHA has a upfront mortgage insurance premium that gets financed into the loan. Yeah. So most people don't seem to care about it because it's not out of pocket, but yeah. it does get tacked onto the loan. Then the other thing I was going to add um, – and this, we don't run into this a lot because first-time home buyers are usually in a certain price point. Mm-hmm. But if it's over that thirteen, what is it, three fourteen and change, uh, up to four eighty-four, that we pretty much have to go conventional because right. FHA loan limits won't allow it. Okay. And so, for an FHA loan, what's the minimum credit score you guys need? So, so we do down to a five fifty. Okay. Um, and but that's wow, with ten percent down. Got it. And then at a five eighty, it's three and a half percent down. Got it. So if they want to go with a 3.5%, they need to get to at least a 580. Correct. What's the debt-to-income ratio on that? On the 580, we, there's act, FHA doesn't actually have any overlays if okay. you get what's called an approved eligible. So if you get automated approval at the 580, mm-hmm. um, there's no overlays. So we've seen debt-to-incomes go as high as 55%. Now, that may sound um, escalating, and the first thought is, well, someone shouldn't buy a house if their debt-to-income is 55%. Yeah. However, the state of Arizona is a community property state. So oftentimes you may have a single uh, person on the on the loan, mm-hmm. and then have a co have a co spouse mm-hmm. that is not on the loan that earns income that that participates into the family income. However, we have to bring that person's debt in because it's a community property state. So Got it. oftentimes FHA loans debt to income is escalated in the state of Arizona mm-hmm. because of the non borrowing spouse's debt. Got it. And there could be income potentially there that will actually overall help the family, but we don't get to account for it, so. Mm, okay. Are there any times that we can remove the non-purchasing spouse debt? There is. That is a good question. It's a great <laughs> question. I don't know if we want to give away all our tricks of the yeah, trade, but. Let's talk about it. Because uh, well, it might interest so, somebody. They have turned them yeah, down. So, yeah, that's true. So there's a lot of lenders. Sorry I took over the show. There's, oh, there's a lot of lenders <laughs> out there that are unaware of that um, debt, 
prior to marriage in the state of Arizona can be excluded. So, for example, oh. Tia, you and I got la- married last year. Mm-hmm. But you had a car payment for $900 for some reason. Okay. That would be a different nice conversation. Car. But <laughs> right. better be. But <laughs> if we got married after you had already had that car payment mm-hmm. and you were not going to be on the loan and we were doing an FHA loan, mm-hmm. I can actually exclude that debt. Interesting. And most lenders – most loan officers are unaware of that rule. Okay. That's what makes you guys different and so good. We, you know your smart. stuff. Yeah. You know, knowing the guidelines really helps. Yeah. So you and having our underwriter in our office that is, yeah. you know, deals with this stuff all the time. I mean, we, we keep up as well as we can, but it's nice to have that asset in the office to bounce ideas and scenarios off him all the time. Yeah. It's the same thing with really with great real estate agents. Because if you know your stuff and you know you, you work in the market every single day, then you can get creative and you can educate your clients versus somebody that doesn't know, or maybe they don't even read the contract, they don't necessarily know how to maneuver a transaction. Absolutely. 100%. So it helps a ton. And then we just sold, you know, Joe and Sarah, we mm-hmm. just sold their property and we got like 30,000 above neighborhood comps on it. All cash. It's <laughs> perfect. It's, awesome. it's like the third house we've sold way over in the neighborhood. So yeah. they're really happy. We like working with them. Yeah, so. <laughs> I love working with them. They like to buy houses. But, but another example, yeah. <laughs> another example of a great agent would be your example of a new build. So oh yeah, we talked I think about that. I think that's important to bring up as well. <clears throat> Oftentimes, people will go to new builds and they're not represented by a realtor. Mm-hmm. So in your case, you took your clients there. Not only did you represent them, but you yep. had the ability to negotiate with the builder to allow. Yeah. them to take their concessions out to the marketplace and compete for the best market. Yeah, so to give you guys an update that may be watching and then people who listen later on iTunes. So if you walk into a new build community and you do not have a realtor with you on that very first visit, and let's say, for example, you say, you know what, I do think I like that, but I also want to have my own representation, the builder will not honor that commitment. You can pay your realtor separately, but the builder will not pay it. If you take your realtor in there on the very first visit, then they the the builder, aka the seller, they will pay the commission to a real estate agent. So at the end of the day, the salesperson's great, they're friendly, but they represent the builder's interests, not yours. And one of the biggest things they do with, if you do go ahead and purchase a, a house with them, they give you all the incentives in the world to use their in-house lender and their in-house title company and all of their team so they can keep it in-house. But they also typically charge you higher interest rates and they charge you higher fees in order to do that because they don't want you shopping around. They don't want you to know that you're being overcharged. They blind you with their incentive. So what Ryan was mentioning is we have a client that we recently worked with. We went into a new home community. She wanted to make a con. She wanted to write a contract. We wrote the contract. Um, they were offering, I think, I think they were offering five thousand dollars if she worked five thousand dollars off of the closing cost if she worked with their in-house lender. So we were able to negotiate that and they still gave her an incentive but she can use her own lender who's Justin and Ryan she's working with all of her team (laughs) and we keep that client which I love but at the end of the day we get to compete so if they have Mm -hmm. the ability to give a better rate and better terms then they win so it gives the negotiation back to the consumer well and for the record that particular client mostly she wanted to stay continue to work with Justin because she appreciated that he took so much time with her and he's working with her on some other things so that you know she can ultimately get a better rate even by the time we close that yeah. loan. Yeah. So it was the relationship that was built and she felt like she had good customer service. And on and to be perfectly honest with you, she didn't have the best customer service with the builder. So that 
that Perfect. solidified it. <laughs> yeah, there, there are sometimes that the, the builder will offer something where we tell the client, you know, they should move forward with the builder. We don't love to do it, but we do because yeah. it's in the best interest of the client. Mm-hmm. Um, it's gets frustrating at times, especially when we have someone that we talked to seven, eight months ago. We got them into our credit services department. We got their credit up, you know, 30, 40, 50 points to mm-hmm. get them to qualify. And then they find the new build. We get mm-hmm. that call. We're like, new build? Okay. I know. <laughs> and then, so it's frustrating, but we, we, we believe it's the right thing to do no matter what, if it's in the best interest of the client and the agent, yep. even if it's, hey, you should use that yep. lender and take that offer. And a lot of times, I don't know how many times I've done this, I'll still be part of the transaction almost mm-hmm. and review what the other lender's sending them and yep. tell them what questions to ask, even though mm-hmm. I'm not really part of it at that point. Yeah. Just, I've seen that many times. Yeah. And you know, a lot of times three years later, they buy another house or refinance and then mm-hmm. they'll remember me, which that, is good. Which is awesome. That's great service there. Wouldn't you agree? So we have a Thanks question from live viewers. Uh-oh. So um, so Mallory's asking, does the same apply to school loans? I think what she's referring to is when you said if you were married, the debt before the marriage isn't counted in the ratio. Um, so she's asking, does that apply to like student loans, yeah, which so, I wanted to bring up anyway. Yeah, so any revolving debt and or student loans, any debt at all that was pre-marriage, if the client is doing conventional, it doesn't matter. Hold on, revolving or installment? Installment, sorry. Installment. Installment. So so a student loan is an installment debt. Mm-hmm. So if it, if the other spouse is doing an FHA loan and those were pre-marriage, mm-hmm. then yes, you can exclude. Okay. And so then on conventional, on conventional we don't even look. So You don't look at, at the, uh, the spouse's credit, spouse. non-purchasing spouse credit. We don't care. Okay. And then the, the, the early on misconception when we do um, ask for the, the non-purchasing spouse on FHA or mm-hmm. VA, they say, you know, their, their credit, you know, my husband or wife's credit's not good. We don't care what the credit scores. It could be the worst credit okay. ever. It's just we need to see if there's debts that were post-marriage and or revolving because credit cards, we still have to hit them for, right? Yes. Johnny, question? <laughs> installment, cars, student loans, anything that's, I guess, fixed, um, yeah. that we can remove it. Credit cards usually don't matter anyways because they're so small. Okay. So I had a person telling me that they hear from their friends all the time that um, it was our assistant, Samantha. She was like, our, my friends think they can't buy a house because their student loans are too high. So what would you say to, you know, a lot of people that have student loan debt and they just assume they can't purchase a yeah. home? I'll let you answer this. <laughs> it depends and this answer. It's, 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 <laughs> there's a lot of depends in there. Um, yeah. and, and it's a tricky one. And a lot of it has to do with FHA, VA, conventional, and then within conventional, Fannie and Freddie, they all have different rules. Mm-hmm. Go back so, and start wh- how it was three, four years ago and our way around this and how they caught on and <laughs> and they've changed the rules. Yeah, so pe- people used to just – they could go on in- income-based payment plans. Mm-hmm. Or deferment. And deferment. And so deferment, we could just easily – they go on deferment and we could exclude all the debt. Okay. So that was the easy solution. Then they would go on Good income-based payment plans right. and they could – make X dollar amount and they'd be on a super low payment, uh-huh. but it would say income-based payment plan on there. And so we would run it. The on their credit report? Yeah. Okay. So so now the the basic guideline is um, VA is, um, excuse me, FHA is 1% of the outstanding balance. Um, conventional is actually more lenient mm-hmm. in that if they are on a payment plan of some sort, however they calculated it, as long as it shows up on credit, even if I've had, I literally had someone that was a dentist. He had like $180,000 in credit card debt, mm-hmm. but for some reason he was only paying $180 a month. 
Okay. Clearly, he's never paying that off. It's actually deferring upon itself. A credit card or student loan? Student loan. Okay. But it didn't say anything about an income-based payment plan. Okay. So I'm able to use the 180. Wow. Even though it's $180,000. <clears> we know that that doesn't make mathematical sense, but that's the guideline. Got it. So a lot that of it depends upon what type of loan mm-hmm. and how it's reporting. Got it. Okay. Do you... And if a person just assumes that they can't get a loan because they think they have a high student loan, would you recommend they still call you and see and talk to you, the professional? Yeah, 100%. Because oftentimes what we need to do at that point is we need to analyze, do they potentially need to look at a consolidation? We don't do consolidation Mm -hmm. of student loans, but do they need to look at a consolidation? Mm -hmm. Is there another solution outside of that realm anyways with either a spouse or someone else or or what's called a non-occupant co-borrower? Um, where maybe a family member can 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 excuse me uh, co-sign, mm-hmm. um, and that can be done on both conventional <clears throat> and FHA. Okay, very good. And you guys would counsel them on all those things. We do it on all of it. Awesome. Then a lot of times the answer is not right now, but at least they know what the answer is and what they need to work towards, so they have yeah. a you know a goal to achieve in in the future. Yeah. So. That's what we always tell people. We prefer you guys to talk sooner versus later. So, for example, yesterday we were speaking to a woman. She's going through a divorce, um, and she said, I have no established credit. She said, my credit score, she said, I just got a car. That was literally the only thing on my credit, and I have a 512 credit score. And so we're recommending that she, she well, we'll be sending you her contact info. But we told her, talk to you guys. You guys have a credit services department. They can guide her through how to get that score raised. Yep. So in cases like that, I know you can't see her overall picture, but what are some of the things that you guys recommend when you so, see that to help people raise their credit so, scores? Uh, so obviously it depends upon her credit, but there's a lot of things. So number one, oftentimes people think that not having credit is some sort of solution. Mm-hmm. Credit score is completely based upon <coughs> playing the game. Mm-hmm. So um, we have actually a credit card that actually will report every week mm-hmm. to expedite that process to help get those scores. So that's one thing. The other thing we want to do is make sure she has enough trade lines. We also want to potentially either deal with certain ones, either by trying to get deletions mm-hmm. um, and or, depending upon the program, some we can put in dispute, although mm-hmm. it's not always likely, depending upon the balance amount. But but most importantly, uh, you said something about divorce. Yeah. People that are potentially getting divorced or in the process of getting divorced really more than anybody need to talk to a, a loan officer because mm-hmm. – how they structure the divorce proceedings, mm. whether it be alimony and or child support, et cetera, is super, super important based upon the age of the children okay. and how we can potentially get them into a new house. Mm. In addition to that, sometimes it actually makes sense to acquire a property in advance of the divorce being finalized as sold on separate property. Okay. So there's a whole bunch of different wins okay. in talking to um, a, you know, a really good professional yeah. in lending to make sure that ultimately at the end of the day, if you've got a husband and wife and they have children, they mm-hmm. probably both want to be in a safe community and own houses. Yeah. So what we want to do is just guide them as to how the best way to do that. Got it. That makes sense. Makes a lot of sense. Yeah, having no credit and uh, lack of credit is almost easier sometimes than bad credit because, we, like he mentioned, we can have them open a secure credit card mm-hmm. and we'll get them a score within a week or two. Yeah. Um, the one thing that we see that it's, it's, it just crushes somebody is they close all their credit cards thinking it's going to help their credit. And that does the And opposite. now all of these great trade lines over the last 12 months, two years, five years, 10 years, mm-hmm. um, are now not part of the calculation for the you know FICO score. Um, and it, it really hurts people's credits and, yep. and, or credit score. And they, they think they were doing the right thing. And 
it's nice to, I guess, cut off a credit card so you don't spend more money. Yeah. I applaud that. Um, but um, the credit bureaus, they want you to be in debt and show <laughs> that you can handle debt to give right. you a good credit score, unfortunately. Yeah. Yep. And, and America, to, baby. to go back to the divorce situation, <laughs> how how you allocate the debts is also super important. Yeah. Um, now, what people don't understand is um, banks are not party to your marriage mm-hmm. and they're not party to your divorce. Mm-hmm. So they don't care what the divorce decree says. You're still 100% responsible. Correct. However, whatever is in the divorce decree, we can exclude from a qualification standpoint. So oftentimes there could be a debt that potentially could be put on one person's side versus the other person's side to help them qualify. Nice. So Awesome. Good to know. A lot, lot of things that can be done if we have the chance to talk to them in advance. Exactly. So call them. We'll, we'll get their contact info later. Sorry about the divorce, but calls. Yeah. <laughs> she told me she wasn't sorry. So. <laughs> <laughs> um, two sides of the <laughs> I know. It is what it is. Well, because her alternative is to, because to, she, she lives in Gilbert, she, she lives in Seville. So her alternative is to go and pay $1,700 a month in rent. So she doesn't want to do that. She'd prefer to purchase something. Yeah. And most likely her soon-to-be ex-spouse, um, politically correct, I was there. Yeah, I think um, so. <laughs> would want not, that, too late. Would, would want that too, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. They'd want that too. Yeah. So that's the whole goal. Most of the time. Um, most of the time. <laughs> Mallory said she's emailing Carmen. So I'm not sure for what, but good. That's always a good thing. <laughs> um, so the other, let's. We didn't talk about VA loans. What about? What do you want to know? Let's talk about qualifications for VA loans. What people can expect with that process, as okay. far as qualifications, credit scores, all that good stuff. Okay. So um, we love VA loans. Mm-hmm. Yeah. By far the most lenient. Yeah. Hands down. So VA loans not only do they have guidelines, but they we actually have our underwriter that can make a decision. And can override things, which is nice. So we can go down to a 550, okay. again, with 100% financing. Um, VA loans, what often people are unaware of is you can actually have a VA loan mm-hmm. and then buy a second house, mm-hmm. convert that one into to a rental, mm-hmm. and then buy another VA loan, um, hmm. which can be done. In addition to that, um, you can go above standard loan limits, which are 484 in, in mm-hmm. Maricopa County. You can actually go above that. Oh, wow. By, by bringing a certain percentage. Okay. It equates to about 25% of the overage. So best example would be if you found a house for 580, mm-hmm. that customer would be bringing in about $25,000 okay. of a 580 purchase price. Okay. But they'd be getting a low rate for VA. They would have no more monthly mortgage insurance. Okay. And the funding fee, if they weren't exempt, would um, be lower as well. Nice. So th- one of the best ways to do a jumbo loan is with VA. Wow. Um, we, we personally, we, our VA underwriter is, is in-house. Um, there's, they have a couple odd rules, which are what are called residual income, mm-hmm. um, and that has to do with family size and, and debt to income, and so mm-hmm. it's an additional test above and beyond the debt to income. Mm-hmm. Um, but as long as you don't have, like, nine kids, um, you're generally okay. Okay. <laughs> there was a lot of... Um, Bad press and feedback, I mean, for a lot of reasons probably, but in 2008, 2009, uh, during the crisis, mm-hmm. uh, talking about, you know, 100% financing, you know, low down payments. VA is 100% yeah. financing. You don't need any down payment. Mm-hmm. But there were studies done that they were the number one uh, best performing loan out there, even though there's no, I guess, skin in the game is what people would call it. Yeah. Because of what he said, the residual income. So it's the one nice. loan, and they, I hope 
they don't do it on other loans, but it, it makes a lot of sense. They will make sure after the mortgage payment and all your debts, mm-hmm. you have X amount of dollars left over depending on family size and everything else. So nice. that's one thing that we've we've got turndowns or we've heard that um, veterans that are buying houses get declined at the end because you can still get an approved eligible, meaning they're approved. Yeah. And then they'll find out later they actually don't meet the residual guideline mm-hmm. and it can put you in a really bad spot. That's mm-hmm. one um, big difference for VA versus FHA and conventional. The other one is the uh, the... What's it? The child, child, child care. care. So yes. yeah, there's a form that they need to sign, and if they have mm-hmm. any child care expenses okay. for preschool kids, private school things like that, that has to be factored into the debt to income ratio too. Okay. Which is one of those things that you know I probably <clears throat> learned the hard way ten years ago on because mm-hmm. it's not a question you usually ask up front. Yeah. Um, but if there's a, an expense that has to be uh, counted in there, or they have to be planning on not moving forward with the kid in that school anymore mm-hmm. in the future. So, yeah. Got it. But one other thing I think is really important if, if you're a home seller mm-hmm. is oftentimes I think that VA offers are, are not looked upon in the same manner as maybe someone that's doing 3% down, 5% mm-hmm. down. I get that call from agents down. all the time. And the reality of the situation is, number one, I think if you can help a veteran, you should as mm-hmm. a seller, especially if you're going to net the same amount of money. I agree. Um Number two, there's no cost. There's no additional fees. The misconception that somehow the seller has to pay all these fees yeah. is just absolutely false. Right. And if the lender and the realtor is telling you that, then they just need a new lender because it's just completely untrue. Yeah. Um, the only fee, the only fee that a buyer of a, of a veteran buyer cannot pay is the escrow fee. It's the only one. And then that's the one that it's written in the contract that. But no, but but a good lender just covers it for him. Cor- that's what I was going mean, to say. Is, and really I was going to say that. Yeah. What I was going to say is, if it's a good agent and it's a good lender, they have a good team in place, yeah. and they know that that. Absolutely. Unfortunately, a lot of realtors don't know that that's in the contract. So it is in the contract, and it states that the seller will cover that. To be honest with you, most sellers will even cover it. They're yeah. like, it's a veteran. Yeah, it's the least that I can do. We actually have verbiage on our pre-approvals that we ask our agents to, to write into it. Mm-hmm. Because what we want to do is make sure the seller doesn't deem or, or feel that as though they're going to be adversely impacted mm-hmm. by taking that VA offer. Yeah. And then the second misconception is that somehow VA appraisers are the hardest and the most strict in the world. The reality is to be a VA <clears throat> appraiser in the state of Arizona or any state, mm-hmm. it means you're the best. Mm-hmm. You can't even be a VA appraiser until you have over 10 plus years in the business. Everyone wants to be a VA appraiser mm-hmm. because every dollar collected goes directly to the appraiser. Oh, so wow. they're the highest paid appraisers wow. in there. And then secondly, if they have a problem with the value or the, or the condition of the property, mm-hmm. They issue what is called Tidewater. Mm -hmm. So they notify you and the listing agent, Mm -hmm. and they say, hey, look, I see they're trying to buy the house for $300,000. I'm just not quite getting it. Give me something I'm not seeing. And they give you 48 hours to do that in advance of even delivering the appraisal. Mm -hmm. It's hands down the best process out there. Yep. And for, 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 for home sellers that are worried about that, we should do that. That's part of your consultation with your realtor that you should have up front. You should have a very comprehensive plan on what to expect based on where you're priced in the market. It should be good comps. And then you should also know what to expect if you get this type of offer, this type of offer. And so that's why when we go to escrow, our escrows usually stick because we plan for every case scenario and there are no surprises. So we like that. It's very important. All right. So what 
how do people reach you guys? <clears throat> if they want to call you, if they want to apply for a mortgage, if they want to just ask questions, how can they get a hold of you? So so most people just give us a call at 480-821-2577. Mm-hmm. So, or just Google us, Oliver Whalen team.com. Are you on the first page? We, we should be. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think so. there is a guy named Oliver Whalen somewhere, <laughs> but we're, really? we should be the first hit at this point. <laughs> that is hilarious. Oliver Whalen team.com, yeah. And then the 480-821-2577, that's um, to our office. So in situations like right now where you told me I'm not allowed to look at my phone, <laughs> Shay Lee, our assistant's there, and she's kind of the quarterback and knows, you know, where to direct. She can answer the question uh, if they're looking to get pre-approved, either have Carmen or Chris uh-huh. um, do it or, you know, just take a message and then we can call back when we race back to the office. Okay, perfect. Is there anything you want to leave people with as we wrap up? Yeah, just use us for advice. We, we, you know, I, I think planning is something that's, just not utilized enough anymore. Mm-hmm. And and be okay with the the process. The reason we like to do a full pre-approval is mm-hmm. to make sure that they're going to get their home. Exactly. Because they once you set um, your heart and your your family's excited about getting this home, it's not okay for it yeah. not to work out. Plus, there's a potential to lose earnest money. So, and inspection we, money, appraisal money. There's lenders that will just send out the prequal. Um, they'll pull your credit. Sometimes they don't even pull your credit. They'll just listen to you and say, okay, here's a prequal. We like to do the extra step to make sure, A, it's going to close for sure. Mm-hmm. And then the other reason is because once they find that property, we can move super fast. And if we have to close quick, um, you know, we have everything that we possibly need from them. We know yeah. it's going to go through. We've already vetted the file with our underwriter if we had to. It goes a lot faster, smoother, and that's mm-hmm. the part that everyone remembers is that escrow. Yep. And it's my favorite part, and that's why I love working with you guys. And that's why that's why I always tell people, okay, I know you have you've come in with this prequal from who you're working with, but let's let our guys look at it too, just to make sure that we don't have any surprises. And usually they say we love them. Let's we'll want to work with them instead. So thank you. Thank you for making me look good. <laughs> we appreciate it. Yeah. Thank you for using us as a resource (laughs) (laughs) all right guys thank you so much for tuning in to our podcast this week thank you to our guests justin and ryan um as you guys know they are i always say they're an extension of our team we appreciate them um assisting our clients and helping us bring the podcast every week but honestly aside from the podcast i'm just glad that i have them as a resource so the a team is with me them with our teams And we're happy to help you every single week. So if you guys need them for your refinancing needs, for your new home needs, even if you're buying a new build, contact Justin and Ryan. And if you're looking for a home warranty, contact Yvonne Hunter with Platinum Home Warranty. Or if you have any questions about any type of coverages, you you foresee that on the horizon in the next several months, reach out to them. And for all of your escrows, when you're ready to open an escrow, whether it's with me or maybe by some stroke of... (laughs) Bad luck. You're working with a different agent. It's still over your escrow with security title. Reach out to Jeremy Eden. Thanks, guys, and we'll see you next week. Thank you. Thanks, 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 Thanks. Thanks, Thanks. Appreciate it.